This podcast contains explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Creepy Cannabis Podcast, where we chat all things creepy, cannabis, true crime, paranormal, and weird. I'm Madeline. I'm Rachel. And we're back for part two. I'm hyped today because I haven't had caffeine (laughs) in a week, and I had to take pre-workout today to make it to the gym without passing away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, therefore, (laughs) henceforth, it has not worn off. Yeah, I can't do pre-workout. It makes me feel like I'm on crack. Apparently, there's some without stims, which I'm interested to try. Mm. Um, what are you smoking today? Today, I have a strain called Grandpa's Stash, <laughs> which is unclear if it's a mustache or his weed stash. Ew. Either way. <laughs> well, how's it spelled? Is it spelled with a C-H-E or an S-H? S-H. Okay, then it's just his Fine, stash. it could be either one, let's be honest. Okay, well, <laughs> according to Hooked on Phonics, <laughs> I don't think that's right either. <laughs> it's an evenly balanced hybrid strain. It's really into cleaning usually, though, and it gives you a deep physical relaxation, which helps settle into a pain-free state. Wouldn't that be nice? You're going to need that. I today. really will. It's You're actually kind of perfect. It. Um, it's usually 23 to 24% THC. I, again, didn't note what this one actually is, but I think it's, like, only 20 or 21. Um, and it is a great strain for anyone who has chronic stress or anxiety, depression, mood swings, pain, and insomnia. Go ahead and accidentally puff some of that into my face. So, all the good things. Because tomorrow's my last day on my work leave. Is it? Mm-hmm. I go back Saturday. How did that happen? I don't know. My feelings are like fucking hurt. I was fast. But you know, that's why I was like so aggressive about the gym and everything. Um, I was trying to get everything like in a habit before I went back to work. I wasn't supposed to work Saturday. I wasn't supposed to go back till Monday. But one of my friends who I also work with had something come up Saturday for her son. So I was like, whatever, I'll work it. Because also I like money. Mm-mm. And I don't make any when I'm not working. So when you get the like medical leave, it's not paid. And yeah. Sean's tired of supporting me, especially since I just made him buy me a new iPad. That's fair. So there's that. I um I was telling Maddie earlier that um sorry we had messaged somebody on Instagram. I was waiting to hear back, and don't you know these fuckers waited until we started this podcast to message back. Let's see. Um, I was telling Maddie earlier that I do a lot of crafting and I do a lot of bullet journaling if anybody knows what that is and um I always post my pictures on Instagram and today for funsies like on Facebook a lot of people were like oh my god it's so cute and I was like does anybody want one and like 30 people want one and I was like oh shit because they take me like hours and hours and hours to do one because I draw everything freehand so I ordered the iPad so that I could draw on the iPad for anybody that because, like, a lot of people wanted one exactly like the one I had literally just made for myself. 
So rather than having to do the images 800 times. So that's that. Um, if you don't hear Maddie for a few minutes, she is aggressively responding to those important Instagram mm-hmm. messages. So she'll be with us in a minute while she's doing that. I'm just going to recap. All right, that's enough. Did you? Okay, you good? For now, yeah. Well, she's hitting me with that secondhand smoke, y'all, and I'm about to be feeling good. Ooh. I can see the smoke cloud <laughs> coming my way. <laughs> it's coming my way. <coughs> On my way downtown. We were talking to me other the other cough day it out. and made that joke. The more you cough, the higher you get. What? Joke? Were you the one who was like making my way downtown? And oh we were yes. talking about, Who was it about? What was it about? Jeffrey Dahmer, wasn't it? I don't know. Was it? Was he the one making his way downtown? Making my way downtown. <laughs> I, I think so. Because you were like, he went downtown. I'm like, oh. oh okay. I don't remember. Look, I'm out of it. I can't recall. So, for those of you returning, we left off on victim Earl Lindsay, who was 19 years old. Just as a quick recap, he was another man that agreed to pose nude for Jeffrey's camera. Um, He was also lured outside of that bookstore. And then he's the one whose sister was, like, going after him in the courtroom and was like, I'm going to fucking kill you with my bare hands. And they were like, oh, shit. Um, So that's where we left off. Right. So the next victim is older. It was Anthony Hughes, who was 31 years old, but he was deaf and mute. I'm dead. And his end was accidentally met at the hands of good old Jeffy boy here. Um, They had known each other for a while. And Tony, which is what Anthony went by, was super popular. He knew sign language. He could read lips. He was not about letting disabilities get him down. Um, According to Dahmer's account of the evening, um, he passed a note to Tony at a gay bar offering him $50 to come hang at his apartment, presumably suggesting, you know, the same shebang that he modeled for nude photos. Mm -hmm. And Tony wrote back, sure. Um, Tony's mom was not believing his account of the story because she said that at trial she said that Tony had $400 when he left the house and didn't need $50. So she doesn't believe that that's how it went down. But all we have is obviously Dahmer's account of the story. Um, He's a lying asshole. That's facts. Also, have you noticed, don't come for me, but certain pictures he looks like the dweebiest nerd you've ever seen in your life. And other pictures he looks kind of fine. Must investigate further. Yes. So, like, the ones with glasses, and I'm not saying if you wear glasses, you look like a dweeb. His glasses are fucking huge bifocals. But, like, there's pictures of him without them, and he, like, is kind of cute. I'm, like, not offended. Please hold. I want to see Maddie's reaction to this. Because it was, I was vibing. I was like, what's going on over here? Yeah. Do you have them? Did you find them? What? Oh. I thought you were. I was responding to the Instagram. They responded again. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, while she's looking that up, um, he kind of looks like a cracky. But look at him without the glasses. Let me see the pictures. I kind of like the glasses better though. No, but keep going, keep going. There's like no, no, no. That's not the one. There's one. No, that's that's not him. That's literally an actor portraying him. (laughs) But I guess that guy did a good job. Evan Peters. Evan fucking Peters. Peters. I love Evan Peters, y'all. He's so funny. Like, I'm okay with him. I'm. It's a on point okay did you find the picture i'm thinking of yet let me give me your phone. this no he looks disgusting there hold on interesting this is an emergency. <laughs> Please hold 
<coughs> I'm dying. One moment while I produce evidence of what I was trying to say. Like, look at this corner picture. This like, he looks kind of good in this, right? Like, mm. he's not my type, but I'm saying he's better looking here than I expected. I see the chiseled side jaw. Yeah. Okay, anyway. So. Sure. Tony's mom does not believe he went there for $50 because he had $400. Um, according to Jeffrey, as soon as he got back to the apartment, he rendered Tony unconscious with, you know, the sedatives like, like he'd be doing. And then he drilled a hole into his skull and injected acid into the cranial cavity while he was knocked out, which was his second attempt at experimenting. Because, you know, he was trying to create, like, mm, sex slave zombies. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. Whatever the fuck that um, is. His first attempt was on the victim prior. Um, so... It, the other guy was the guy, I believe, who woke up, like, unaffected from it. And it pissed him off, so he strangled him. Um, in Tony's case, the acid injection killed him. Um, Jeffrey claimed that wasn't his intention, that he had hoped Tony would just become, like, compliant and zombie-like, which obviously didn't happen because you're fucking using acid. Like, did you even research this? No, he didn't. Uh, he didn't care to. He would have had better success just lobotomizing them with, like, no acid i feel like but anyway um jeffrey left his body rotting in the bedroom for several days before he dismembered him and dissolved his body in acid and he also kept his skull so that's now becoming a reoccurring theme where he just i guess that's doing it for him um this next one maybe it's just me but i feel like it's gonna piss you all the way off because I don't know how. I know this story. I've heard of all these things. And I somehow never, ever put this together. And it upsets me. So do you guys remember before when I was telling you to remember the 13-year-old boy that he molested mm-hmm. whose family never saw Jeffrey because they agreed not to take it to court. So only that person knew what he looked like? hmm Okay. Got it. So... I'm going to say, do my best to say this name. Conorak Synthesomphone, who was 14 years old, uh, who is the brother of the previous victim we just I'm discussed. I'm absolutely dead. The brother, uh, who was molested by Jeffrey the year before, uh, was killed by him on May 27th, 1991. And get this. Let me give you, let me give you the deeds of this situation. So I had heard this story before. I didn't realize who this kid was and that he was a child. I thought, not that it's any better to kill a grown man, but it kind of is like you're killing children. Fuck off. Anyway, so um, Jeffrey spotted um, Conorak at the Grand Avenue Mall. He didn't know who he was. And obviously, Conorak didn't know who he was because he had never seen him before. So it wasn't like he sought out this boy's brother. He literally coincidentally picked him up. That's fucking crazy. I know. Um, He offered him $50 to come back to his place with him, which he accepted. And then he drugged him. They think with Xanax. And then he raped him and then drilled a hole into his skull and injected acid into his brain. And he went unconscious. And good old Dahmer there got frustrated thinking his experiment didn't work and that he was just gonna die so he left he went out 
And he was like, I'm going to go to the nearby bar and drink for a few hours. Um, while he was out getting shwasted, Conorak woke up and escaped the apartment what? into the street naked, clearly beaten, and he had just been lobotomized. He's bleeding, and he cannot really see, think, or stand. Okay? Naked, bloody, beaten, can't think or stand or speak. Oh, I know what it is. Jeffrey comes back, and he finds Conorak sitting with two black women who were taking care of him. And he tried to drag him back into the apartment. uh, But the kid and the women are fighting against him like, absolutely the fuck not. And the police pull up. And because the women who had sense called 911 (laughs) thinking they were going to get help. Uh, Um... They explained that there was a naked, badly beaten child who was wandering the street in need of help. So they could tell he was a child. He was very small. He was a child. And he's naked. And delusional. But it's fine. Like, not delusional, but delirious. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey told the police that he was his 19-year-old lover named John Humong, who had had too much to drink as he did from time to time, and the police laughed it off. And we're like, oh, yeah, 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 you guys had, like, a drunken fight. Cool. Even as the women were like, are you fucking kidding me? This is not what? accurate. How? The women are literally like, no, you're incorrect. Are you serious? This is a child. Why are you? Why? Get ready. Conorak was un- unable to explain or defend himself because of the drugs and experimentation so he couldn't say anything so he was incoherent looking drunk um and he already didn't really know how to speak english that well so it just wasn't gonna happen um without any other like real reason other than him refusing to get up and leave with him the police picked him up by the arms and carried him back to the apartment i'm just giving you guys time to let that sink in um, his clothes were folded neatly and Jeffrey showed the police officers a couple photos of him in black underwear proving a consensual relationship. But to me, regardless, you drug an incoherent child to a man's apartment as he's resisting you before you even got to something that you could maybe rest your hat on like, oh, okay. Okay, because I can see they just come to the apartment because they hear a noise and they see, like, these pictures. Like, okay, I see he looks fine and happy in the pictures. He's fucking naked outside with a hole in his head. Did you Are even look at Are they not concerned about the hole? Maybe. I don't know if they couldn't see it. Honestly, I did not have any information pertaining to how this was missed. Oh. The women seem to be aware, but um, the police were satisfied with that, so they rolled out. And as soon as they were gone, Jeffrey injected another shot into his frontal lobe and killed him and then dismembered him. Um, A few days later, (laughs) it gets better, guys. It gets better. A newspaper story was released in regards to a missing child. So then Glenda Cleveland, who was the mother of one of the two girls that tried to protect him, called the police department to tell them that the kid from the news was the kid that she was they were trying to protect a few days ago but no one was ever sent to talk to her about it right so cool right cool 
Sometimes I just have no faith in humanity. Doesn't that seem like a pressing, like, uh, lead? No, don't be fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it's the 70s. Why? And we're so much better now in 20-fucking-21. That's offensive. Oh, my God. Can I tell you a joke really quick? Because yeah. you've seen Grey's Anatomy. And I'm sure most Some of, of our followers have seen Grey's Anatomy. I saw the best meme for COVID I've ever seen in my life. So it was like all the vaccinated people so happy about COVID, and it was Meredith and Derek kissing, and then it was like Delta variant, and it was fucking Addison in her coat right when she walks in to tell Meredith they're married. Right. <laughs> Have you seen it? Yeah. I no, won't. I haven't, but I literally pictured it. it. Even Sean laughed at it. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Oh shit." <laughs> okay, so I don't know why Sad. my brain went to that, but um, his next victim, because obviously there's more since he's just the luckiest sob on planet Earth. Um, was Matt Turner, who was a 20-year-old, kind of like socialite. They met at a gay pride um, parade, I believe, in Chicago on June 30th, 1991. Um, His friend said he loved dressing up, taking pictures. Um, So Jeffrey's typical, like, way of seducing someone um, was probably, like, easy for him to accept. He's kind of, like... Mm-hmm. go with the flow um <clears throat> so he left chicago and got on a greyhound bus to milwaukee like i don't know what kind of shit jeffrey is spitting but you left a whole ass state to go with a dude so i don't know if he just had like a big penis that he would just whip out maybe and be like, look what i got going on i, I guess know. um his family did say it was out of the ordinary for him to take off for various periods of time. Um, I'm sorry that it wasn't out of the ordinary because mm-hmm. he was so outgoing and adventurous. Um, and he had a warm and inviting personality. So he had friends kind of everywhere and <clears throat> would kind of bounce around. Um, I bet you can't guess what happened once I got in the apartment though, guys. Can't guess. He drugged and strangled him to death before dismembering him. And... A 57-gallon drum of acid. In a hotel room? In his... No, oh, in his apartment. apartment. Right, 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 He's just right, 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 right. skinning people in his apartment for months. Um, and then he kept us all as a trophy. So that's clearly becoming like his... Um, what's it called? Not a souvenir. There's we watched a Smiley Face, didn't we? What? Didn't we watch Smiley Face? No, I've never watched it with you. Fuck. What is it? What is it called when a serial killer has... I keep wanting to say, like, token, but that's not it. When they have, like, an item they keep of people. Memento? No. There's a word. They always say it on Criminal Minds. I feel like people that are listening are like, fucking say it. They know the word. And it's like... Is it souvenir? Uh, trophy. Uh, trophy. God, sorry. That was really bothering me. Um... Moving on, because at this point, nobody's stopping him. He's got the best luck on planet Earth, and he just is rocking and rolling through Milwaukee. Um, wow. Next, we're going to talk about Jeremy Weinberger, who was a fun-loving 23-year-old. Um, he was half Puerto Rican from Chicago, and he worked as a customer service rep. Um, he just had one of those personalities that kind of how I imagine myself people just were drawn to him you know like me JK (laughs) um everybody spoke really highly of him but a lot of people said that he was very naive so they weren't like super surprised um no even Jeffrey described Jeremy as exceptionally affectionate and he was nice to be with which is really sad um I hate him mm mm-hmm 
So in early July of 91, Jeremy, um, Jeremy, no, I know Jeremy, he ended up running into Dahmer at a bar in Chicago. Um, it was like 90 miles away from Milwaukee. I think it was, it was a speakeasy if I'm not mistaken. Um, of course, same old, same old. He invited him to come back to his apartment. Um, this is going to get really sad, guys. Just trigger warning. Um, after asking a friend what they thought of Jeffrey and getting the green light, he decided to leave with him. So he asked his friend who he was with, like, hey, what do you think of that guy? And his friend was like, yeah, he seems nice. Um, Dude, imagine being that friend. Oh, get ready. Oh, no. Um, so oddly enough. Uh, Jeremy ended up staying like multiple days with Jeffrey but at a certain point he wanted to go home Um, which it is kind of weird like when you delve into it because the first person he ever killed was because that guy was going to abandon him Mm. he Mm -hmm. was fine and happy with this guy he has abandonment issues big time which is bizarre to me because like he I didn't see any history of abandonment like he had issues before his parents got divorced so obviously we didn't live in that house. I don't know, but like these are some deep seated. So his abandonment issues like really got going, and he convinced Jeremy to have one last drink with him, which he, as usual, spiked, and Jeremy passed out. Um, he drilled into his skull with boiling water for going the acid technique, which didn't work well <clears throat> previously. Um. And this didn't work any better because then he woke up. So he woke up and he was like, oh, shit. So he drugged him again and then gave him another injection of boiling water, which sent him into a coma for two days. Um, When Jeffrey came back on the second day of his coma, he found that he had died with his eyes open, which is creepy. And as usual, he dissolved his body in acid after dismembering him and placing his head in the freezer and then just went about his day. This is really sad, y'all, but um, when the friend from the bar found out about Jeremy's murder, um, he couldn't get over the pressure, and he committed suicide. No. Yep. I forgot. No. He was found bleeding to death outside of his house because it was just, like, too much for him after, like, the guilt of telling him he seemed fine. We're getting there, y'all. We are almost done. That's sad. Y'all are hanging in like pros. Um, Jeffrey's 17th victim was named Oliver Lacey, and he was a 23-year-old man from Illinois. He had just recently moved to Milwaukee to live together with his girlfriend, who I think it was either girlfriend or fiance. I couldn't confirm. And they had an infant. He was approached by Jeffrey at the Grand Avenue Mall on July 12, 1991, where he had previously lured two other victims. Um, I didn't get information as to why he went back to the apartment because I don't know if he, like his lure was sexual previously and this guy's about to get married and has a kid. So I don't know if he was like Mm -hmm. secretly wanting to be with him or if it was like a friendly (laughs) situation. He didn't have any information. There's not enough detail, clearly. Correct. But I mean, I just feel like for 17 times I've been like, and then he was drug strangled sodomized and dismembered um his head was kept in the refrigerator Ah. oh i almost dropped my whole water bottle over oh god um so he kept his whole head not just his skull next to some uh arm and hammer baking soda because he didn't want it to smell and he wrapped his heart in plastic to eat later okay 
So there's that. He was too full from eating Oliver's bicep. So Oliver ended up being the first victim to be identified later when he's caught um, because there was the most identifying evidence for him because he couldn't eat everything. So. Understood. Joseph Bradenhoff was the final victim of Jeffrey Dahmer. He was going through a divorce at the age of 25. He had three kids. He was looking for work to support his kids in Milwaukee. Um, Jeffrey spotted Joseph waiting at a bus stop during a rainstorm on July 19th, holding a six-pack of beer. No. And he offered him $50 to come back to the apartment to drink and pose for photographs. And Joseph agreed because he just really needed the money bad for his kids. Uh, And you know when you go with a stranger for 50 bucks. Like, this poor guy was just doing the most he could. Um, He was drugged and strangled. And then... Jeffrey continued to have sex with his corpse for a few days. I always feel... Okay, I have an ethical question. Mm -hmm. Sex to me implies consent. I don't like the word... I feel like even in a C situation, it's still like a rape situation. Mm -hmm. Okay. I didn't know thoughts on that, but I feel like sex is consensual. You're dead, so you're not giving a moment of consent. But also a few days... Um, but his head began housing uh, maggots. I hate it here. So he had to dismember him. Um, he cleaned out his decapitated head and stored it along with his torso in the freezer, dissolving the rest of the body in acid inside that 57-gallon drum in his bedroom. And finally, fucking finally, the next guy we're going to talk about, he did not get killed. He got Jeffrey caught, is what Mm. happened. So, you guys ready? The man, the legend. Tried to crack my knuckles, but it didn't happen. It's okay. Um, On July 22nd, 1991, Tracy Edwards met Jeffrey drinking at a bar. He offered Tracy money and alcohol to come back to his apartment and pose for photograph, blah, blah. He agreed. He described Jeffrey as going from a friendly and pleasant guy to a crazed killer. He said he repeatedly threatened him with a six-inch knife, telling him that he was going to cut out his heart and eat it. Hmm. Facts. That's what he planned to do. Um, Facts on stacks. He would go into unpredictable, like, manic behavior, rocking back and forth and chanting. Um, He was chanting, like, in this situation to the movie The Exorcist, which apparently he would watch that over and over again on a loop, which is probably why he was fucked. That movie is terrifying. Um, Tracy, being the nice guy he was and not wanting to die, continuously tried to, like, calm him down, reassuring him that he wasn't going to leave, that he was his friend, just trying to, like, get him to stop being impulsive. Um, and as soon as he was distracted, he noticed that Jeffrey was no longer, like, had the knife in tow, and he lunged at him, hit him in the side of the head, and knocked him down. Oh, shit. And at about 11.30 p.m., he rolled out of the apartment and a patrol car was thankfully on the corner. Um, they saw him frantically running down the street in handcuffs. So he had handcuffed him at some point. Um, their initial thought was that he escaped from another officer, but he immediately explained, like, hey, he said this crazy freak was trying to hurt him and put the handcuffs on him. So they went back to Jeffrey's apartment. Um, as you can imagine, he put on the nice guy persona 
And he invited them inside, even though he's got, like, fucking bone decorations, but whatever. Um, He admitted that he put the handcuffs on him, but didn't say why. And one of the policemen, his name was Officer Mueller, he went into Jeffrey's bedroom to find the knife after Tracy told him it was in there. Uh, Jeffrey tried to push past him to keep him from going through to the bedroom, but the second policeman, which was Officer Roth, was like, back off. Bitch, no you ain't. Um, Mueller found the um, knife resting on the bot- like the side table. Right. Um, but then there was a drawer open as well, and there were piles of Polaroids um, with a dozen, over a dozen human bodies in oh various stages of dismemberment and decay. Oh my god! Purposely posed. Have you ever looked at those photos? Job. Have you ever looked at his crime scene photos? No. So I didn't intend to, and I was watching some documentary, and... Today? I No, a, a long time ago, and I saw one, and it was the most horrific shit. It was like, the guy was already decapitated, and it was like, if you okay. were on your knees... Did that it break? was so unnecessary. Did it break? I mean, yes. <laughs> That's hateful. That is hateful. Okay. Oh yeah, it broke a lot. All my little balls fell off. I mean, that thing. Is I mean, you really can't really sexy. tell. You can't. It just looks like piles of shit on it. I am offended, but whatever. Um, I got it at cost because it was broken. Listen. So anyway, Already. this guy's on the bed with his Damn. knees tucked under him. My balls. And like he's arched yeah. and bent back, so his back is arched so much that. The thing resting on the bed to support it is his stump of his neck. Oh, hell no. Like, flipped upside down and backwards. It was really fucked. Don't ever look up those pictures. Y'all. I won't. Don't I won't. I won't. Do I won't. I won't. Don't I won't, do I it. I can't. Do not do it. Um, obviously, Ew. this guy realized, like, he was in the apartment they were taken in, and he was, like, fucking horrified. So he brought the pictures to his partner um, and was like, these are for real. That's what he, that was a quote. And at this time, Jeffrey went fucking crazy. Um, He lashed out, freaked out. They had to overpower him and pin him down to the ground and had to handcuff him. Um, They had to call backup officers because some shit was going down. And they were looking through the apartment. Um, I mean, pretty instantly they opened the fridge. And they, the first thing they see is, like, eyeballs from a severed head. Yeah. Um... And to which, quote, he screamed, there's a fucking head in the refrigerator. Um, The officer would later recall. That's so traumatic. Oh, listen how traumatized he was. He said he could hear someone scream, but then realized it was him screaming. He was so traumatized. Um, And then eventually, like, after they found all of that, he just, Jeffrey just stopped fighting. and And he said, for what I did, I should be dead. And that was correct. No. Um, Tracy Edwards was deemed, you know, a hero. Uh, he put an end to the Milwaukee cannibal. Um, he went on to say that he underestimated him, that God sent him there to take care of the situation. Hmm. Um, unfortunately, um, all this public attention wasn't very good because Mississippi had a warrant out for his arrest for the sexual assault of a 14-year-old girl. So they found him through the newspaper reports were praising him for his bravery, and he got shipped back to Mississippi to be charged with that crime. Hmm. Um, when he did eventually come back to Milwaukee, he 
put through a $5 million lawsuit against the city's police department for not following up on complaints about the smells and op- like observations neighbors were making about the apartment that could have prevented several deaths, including his traumatic experience. Um, the lawsuit was thrown out when the families of the victims were awarded... Oh, sorry. I misread that. So the lawsuit was thrown out, which I kind of think is bullshit. Like, you straight up did not do your job. So yeah. multiple neighbors were complaining about foul smells. Not to mention, I was you gonna ask remember that. taking a child back in there to get murdered? Like, y'all did that. Uh, but anyway, it was thrown out. And that when the family... Um, the families of the victims were awarded restitution from Jeffrey's estate. Uh, Tracy was excluded because he survived. So he didn't get any money from that either because he didn't die, which is bullshit. Hmm. Because, like, he legit was traumatized. And I'm not saying he was perfect. He obviously, like, sexually abused a minor. But, like, our system is so bizarre. Like, okay, you didn't die, so... You don't get anything. You don't get anything. Um... He carried on with his life, but a lot of people said he was, like, never able to get past that. He became homeless, had multiple prison stays, was hopping from one shelter to another. Um, In 2011, somebody reported three homeless men having an argument um, on a bridge and one of them throwing a man or getting thrown by the other two into the Milwaukee River. um, And he drowned. Uh, one of the two suspects happened to be Tracy Edwards. Um, he took a plea deal, though, and was given a reduced charge for, like, aiding a felon. Hmm. Uh, and six months later, in 2012, he was convicted and sentenced to 18 months in prison. Uh, he, he just had a lot of prison shit. His lawyer tried to explain to the court that the Dahmer experience left him, like, haunted. Just trying to defend him by saying he's going to have another, like, ghost in his life. Hmm. Uh the judge was not having it she said in your efforts to drown your sorrows you have made other people victims he was released in the summer of 2013 and was ordered to seek drug and alcohol abuse treatment ordered to pay the drowned victim's mother $2,500 to pay for funeral costs and was strictly monitored by police until 2015 and uh nothing since then wow i know i just thought that was interesting to include because like you don't often hear about what happens to those people after the fact and it's mm-hmm. just like that is interesting you're scarred for life like this person's trying to kill you freaking out like Damn. that's so terrifying and traumatic but i don't know what he's been up to since 2015 i couldn't find it so anyway what happened to jeffrey in case you didn't know i'm gonna go over it he was arrested on july 22nd and entered a plea of guilty but insane in 15 of the 17 murders he confessed to um in february of 1992 the jury found him sane for each murder and he was sentenced (laughs) to 15 consecutive life sentences he wasn't convicted um for the the earlier victim that he like blacked out and that guy died in the hotel room because they didn't have like a body or anything Mm -hmm. to go off of um two years later Jeffrey was murdered at 34 years old by a fellow inmate named Christopher Scarver. Hmm. He didn't really give a motive. He just said he was told by somebody else to kill Jeffrey, as well as another inmate, which he did kill. Um, Jeffrey was found bloody and 
like beaten on the bathroom floor. He was beaten with a metal bar and had his head slammed against the wall, and he was pronounced dead one hour after he arrived at the hospital. I did find one interesting thing, but I couldn't confirm it anywhere else, and I tried looking through it. <clears throat> but in one source, the guy who killed him said that it really freaked him out because no matter how much he was beating him, he never said a word or made a sound. He just, like, laid there. I don't know how true that is hmm. or if it was just, like, some hype he was trying to get. Weird. But um, I feel like it it wasn't an even death <laughs> for everything he had done. Um, but I also really believe about him, like – he i feel like the light was turned off in his brain like i feel like his empathy was so far lacking that he doesn't even strike me as a type of person who like cared that he was in prison or cared that he was gonna die or like oh, no. cared about himself yeah no, like, no i think no, probably he was not. so far gone but uh hmm. that's it that's the story the moral of the story is do not go back to people's apartments to pose for nude photos for fifty dollars ever under any circumstances ever definitely don't get on a greyhound <sighs> definitely and if their name is jeffrey that's a no it's just gonna be a no for me dog that's just a no for me as well <laughs> that's all i have folks <laughs> do you have anything to add to this endeavor um that is all do you know yet what your next episode is going to be on? I know you don't really have to think about it because this uh, is a two-parter that's going to span two weeks because we're assholes. I don't know what to do. I know. I'm still working on the Black Dahlia notes. Oh, yes. I'm going to be honest with you guys right here, and I need you not to judge me. So it was requested by a fan, and I am super, super happy to do it because mm-hmm. we don't get that many requests. Mm-hmm. However, despite there being 80,000 books about it, Am I the only one who just feels like it's the most cut and dry, like, kind of bland story? They'll find out. So, like, I find it interesting that we don't know who did it. But, like, the information that I've been able to find thus far about the victim and leading up to it, I'm kind of just like, "Mm -hmm." mm-hmm. And? But as you can see, I also seem to prefer episodes where there's 27,000 strangulations and lobotomies. So I'm prepping those notes. So you guys, you're getting the most from me, okay? Because I was off. And I'll do something. She'll surely show up. I will. I'm feeling really chilled out. I think I caught a whiff early on. A puff. Mm -hmm. A poof. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to go. Bye. (laughs) Bye.